0: Got a super special guest on her name is Mel Caspin Bloom. She's the former head of copy at Disney Consumer Products, where she created in depth storytelling copy for products and from Disney, Pixar, Lucasfilm, and Marvel. I can't believe you've done Marvel, Mel. We have to talk about that. I can't believe you've done Marvel. And more interestingly, Mel two years ago set up a business she left disney to set up her own business called once upon a bloom which is a one person branding and copywriting agency that specializes in the art of storytelling she has written for a range of companies including the forbes and condé nast she now lives in los angeles with her beautiful family And she also spends a lot of time talking to her family on the East Coast. We have Mel Caspin-Bloom. Hi Mel!
1: Hi! Thank you so much for having me. No,
0: thank you for being with us, thank you for being with us. How's it going at the moment out there in Los Angeles? The last time I read you guys were like going back into like a mini mini (laughs) lockdown, is that correct? that is correct yeah yes. We you just had um, an earthquake right did you not just right. have an earthquake?
1: <laughs> Actually, well yeah this morning at 4 30 in the morning yes wow so we've been that's really funny. busy yeah.
0: yeah
1: i bet you have yeah i bet you have mm-hmm. how was the earthquake yeah. It was, I think it was 4.5, but the house definitely shook. And my three-year-old came in. He's like, hey, mom, my room just moved. (laughs) (laughs)
0: I'm like, yeah. Yeah." Yeah. So, you know, with the earthquakes, I know it's something that's quite common in Los Angeles, right? Yeah. Is it something that happens on a yearly basis? So are you kind of like used to it at this point?
1: We are, although I certainly remember my first earthquake here, but yeah. I mean, you kind of oddly get used to it.
0: Yeah. <laughs> so how was that experience, your first time?
1: I was in a building. I was on like the, I think the eighth floor of like a 25 floor building in Century City and you, it's on wheels. So it actually like moves and it moved for like 30 seconds so mm-hmm. you just like sat at your desk and just moved <laughs> and it was the weirdest like i was frozen for three hours like, <laughs> i could not get up and then all of these california natives who i worked with were like totally fine moving on with their day yes. and I <laughs> would not be my desk so yeah that was that was the first experience
0: <laughs> oh wow so you literally grabbed onto your desk and you thought okay just gonna stay stuck (laughs) yeah yeah oh wow and what about with the lockdown how have you been dealing with the lockdown I mean especially with two little children how
1: has that been um there's a lot of working at night and uh, my house turned into a classroom Mm. so that um yeah and um I mean luckily we have outside an outside area to play in which I'm so grateful
0: for um but yeah it's interesting (laughs) yeah (laughs) I bet it is I've read I've been reading online a lot of parents just saying that they're not very good teachers and they really can't can't wait for the children to just go back to school
1: (laughs) yeah it's such a strange time it's like at, we found out last monday that LAUSD schools are going to be closed the los angeles public schools and it was this feeling like of course like you don't want your kids to go back but then yeah. you're like okay somehow this has to work for six more months at least so mm-hmm. it's you know, that
0: <laughs> yeah it's just bless you Mel, you've got this, I keep every time I speak to a parent I keep telling them like you you've got this you know soon it will be over you've got this.
1: (laughs) It's It's lovely to hear that so thank you.
0: (laughs) So Mel storytelling yeah just the storytelling how does Mel get into storytelling how did it all start
1: Yeah, um, so I've been writing since I was a kid. Um, Even my second grade teacher, my mom found like an essay I wrote in second grade that said, I think you're going to be a writer when you grow up. I've been writing and journaling since I was as long as I can remember. And I've always had a journal. And then I ended up in college going to business school and taking the marketing route and then I went into the corporate fashion route and it was all numbers and finance and just a part of my brain that I don't have a relationship with. (laughs) Um, So I just started writing Um, when I came out to LA. I came out at 23 and I just started writing um, a daily blog and I had a thousand jobs and all of them gave me such good stories to just write into a blog. So I started a blog and then I used that as my portfolio to submit to different companies. And then I started to become a fas- featured fashion contributor for Yahoo and The Examiner. Mm-hmm. And then, then um, somebody started becoming a regular reader of mine at Guess, um, the corporate headquarters are in Los Angeles, and they pulled me in um, for an interview for a copywriting position. So that's started my career in copywriting. I was there for about two years where I developed um, the brand Voices for G by Guess and Guest Kids while working on the other brands. And then there was an opening at Disney. Um, and so I got that about two years later and then my boss there ended up leaving after eight months so I kind of like slid into his role and I managed a group of writers. There are like around five to seven writers, most talented people on the planet. I still love them and talk to them. And I was there for five and a half
0: years. And then two years ago, I started my own company. Very nice. So Mel, when you say for those of, um, for the people that listen that don't know, what exactly is copywriting? Yeah. Uh,
1: so copywriting is the sales writing you read in ads, online, in your emails, anything that's basically like selling you something. And it could be copy for anything, for a product, for a service, for an idea. Like there's someone behind the words that are selling this to you. And those are copywriters.
0: Okay. And even, you know, with the writing that you do, so you started with guests, Really, so guess was like the major breakthrough, the first major breakthrough that you had. Yes. What was you writing about, and was it something that was coming from an inspirational place?
1: Um, I think I'll say yes because I love fashion. Um, so for me, yes, I don't know if it would be that way for everybody, um, but I happen to love fashion um so it was great because I also at the time had a baby niece and I was writing for guest kids so a lot of baby clothes so it was cool just to like develop a voice and think about the target audience and these moms who are reading it who had babies for the first time and you know you're selling them uh the clothes so that was cool so there I was writing all the emails all the website copy when you walked into a guest store like whatever you see written on the walls or in the windows. basically it's it's everything on the website in store
0: yes okay so it's interesting that you didn't go to university and do literature you didn't do poetry you didn't do any of that but no. fast forward you did end up working for huge corporations so ultimately the business that you did a bit of really at school would you say that that assisted you a bit throughout your career or do you think it just it didn't have anything to do with it at all? I
1: think I think a marketing degree like helped because I do I did understand like the analytics behind what I'm doing and like studying the target markets and the message. But I think that I I think that's a small percentage because I do think that you can teach yourself a lot of what I learned in four years at school. Um, so I think so much of it, especially now, what's available online, you can basically get anything, yeah. um, and you can teach yourself anything. So I think a lot of it is like inside of you. Like if if you have that writing gene inside of you, I think you can absolutely teach yourself the
0: rest. mm-hmm So just going back to the writing a bit more because I'm really interested in it. So personally. I'm more of a literature person. So I've always been crap at maths, Mel. It's just horrific. Me with numbers has just genuinely been so horrific. I'm just, yeah, I prefer literature. You know, I understand it. I can read it. I'm fine with it. And with literature it's something that a lot of the times when I feel things, very often I'm unable to vocalize it, especially if I'm very emotional so naturally if I get really upset I will get emotional so I don't particularly want to talk whilst I'm emotional so more often nine times out of ten I will start writing in my phone on my notes and with that I I literally feel like Shakespeare whenever I do that just to put it out there (laughs) I just write and write and write and I feel my soul just feeling just easing literally this weight being lifted off of me so anyone that does write professionally I'm always really intrigued to know what is it that you tap into for you to be able to focus and write the things that you do it's a great question um I
1: think I think a lot of it is practice like, I do think in the beginning, um, it was, it, it things took so long, like one email to write for a company could take a week, you know, because you're rewriting and rewriting and rewriting, and that's not good <laughs> enough, that's like, you know, and then all of a sudden, you find yourself writing nine emails in one day, yeah. so I think it's like, just like practice and like you get to that point that you recognize in your head, this like fully focused like spot that you just get to know so well because it's on repeat in your head and it's Mm. on a daily basis. So I do think that it's something like, there's like a muscle in your brain that like you just like start to get to know and work out a lot. Yeah. Um, So yeah, I think that's just practicing and getting to know that part of your brain.
0: Yes. So you said you started writing since you were a kid, right? You've been doing this really since you were a kid. Do you find that when you started doing it as a kid, was it an escape from something? Like, was it just something you enjoyed doing? Like, because not many kids just want to write. So can you remember by any chance, what was it that made you want to stick to it as a kid?
1: Yeah, I think, um, so being a storyteller, like, there are always these, like, characters and storylines and, like, things, like, that randomly pop up in your head when you're, like, doing something. Like, I don't even know, like, I could be, like, outside scooting with my kids, and I'm, like, oh my god, and I just, there's this character that, like, fully comes to life, and I'm just, like, I just have to stop and, like, do a quick draft of the character that's, like, fully coming to life, and I think that started when I was little and I went to like playwright school in ninth grade because it was just like, it, it became this like amazing thing um, and I'll never forget when I started to learn how to type, yeah. like all of a sudden I was like, "Whoa! I could just like type it all up and it was always just like really exciting to me, like get these characters out, get these
0: storylines out and I think that was just yeah. always there. Yes and with the characters you know with the characters that you were creating back then and are you still creating characters now yes yeah are yeah. you able to talk about that what type of characters does mel create
1: yeah um so uh, right now my focus is children's stories that's that's definitely i think it's just through parent like during parenting there are all these roadblocks I'm hitting Mm -hmm. and when I hit a roadblock I'm like okay I need a story to get me through that and like I'll think of a story that I can tell the kids to like help us address an issue or something you know whatever it is so I think a lot of it right now is like I'm trying to build like a library of my own stories for them um so I have a lot of different characters. Some are in fanciful world, some are in real world. They're all are like in the, I'd say seven to 11 range age wise. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I mean, I've created different lands. Um, there's all, I, I, right now I'm working on other, I have four stories. Um, and two of them are, are being ready to pitch. Um, so yeah, they're, they're all different, but it's definitely in the children's realm. And then I have like an adult, I have I, ha- I do have one story that I'm working on for adults but I kind of put that to the side right
0: now because mm-hmm. I'm so focused on the others. Mm-hmm. So at the moment you focus more on the children's side of it instead of the adult side and you've mentioned I guess that has a lot to do with the parenting so yeah. th- did that start when you became a mother or was it was it an area that you were always particularly interested in?
1: I think it was when I became a mom um, because I was way more interested in my adult story, which I have like 80 pages written in Microsoft Word and I have 10 million drafts of it. And then all of a sudden when I started, I guess when my daughter became like three I'm like, ooh, how do I explain this? Or how do I? And, and now, I mean, there's so many things to explain to kids in this world we're now in that's constantly evolving. So,
0: yeah, I'm definitely just more focused on that. And I think it's just helping parents. What type of characters would you say they are? Are they inspirational? I guess it's fictional. Would you say it's fictional? Or do you ever base any of your characters on your life experiences or other people's?
1: Yes, they are 100% based on my experiences in life. Okay. Um, some of them are exaggerated for storyline creative entertainment purposes, but yes. um, yeah, they're definitely
0: drawn from real life. Mm-hmm. Okay, okay. What about Marvel? Mel, I love Marvel. I absolutely, I, I wouldn't say I'm Marvel's biggest fan. I'm definitely not the biggest fan because I couldn't tell you like all their films. I couldn't do that. But I love Marvel and just, I love creatives. Can I just start there? I love creatives, Mel, because I feel like certain people, certain talents that they have, it's it's just God-given. It's just there. And when I look at a Marvel, for example, it's not just the character. The film, for example, the way they're able to think of every single detail And bring it all together, the sounds, the movements, the costumes, the writing, the directing, the producing. To me, I just, I'm in awe of it. I'm in awe. It doesn't seem, I just ask myself, how can humans (laughs) sit down, Mel, and just really think, yeah, this is what we're going to do. Like Doctor Strange, for example, I was watching Doctor Strange during lockdown, and it was actually my first time watching it. I didn't watch it and I fell in love with Dr. Strange. All of that animation, Mel, I just think, what goes through your mind? I would love to just live in your mind, even if just for two hours. How was it working for Marvel? And were you able to get in on any creativity that you wanted to get into or was it more focused on copywriting, etc.?
1: Yeah, no, I'd say so for Marvel, it was just under the Disney consumer products like wing. Um, So it was any time a film was released, we were responsible for producing the copy um, to sell the product. Mm-hmm. So there was, I wasn't like part of the creative for them. Um, although we had to submit everything to them for approvals and stuff like that. But we weren't part of their team. Mm-hmm. I see the only team outside of Disney I could actually speak to was Lucas because I helped them launch a website. Um, they created,
0: are, are you Star Wars fan? Stuff. no, I'm not, but I know of it. Okay. I'm not. It's a bit too okay. long for me, but okay. nevertheless, very creative.
1: Yes. Um, so their team, they produced 3D replicas of weapons that were used in the films. And so I helped them launch a website for that. And I could say that team just like blew me away with just like their th- everything. They, they were so unbelievably creative um, and amazing. But I can't really speak to the Marvel team because I didn't work that closely with
0: them. Mm-hmm. No, of course. Once upon a bloom. What does that mean? So
1: storytelling is basically like what I do um, and my last name's Bloom. So it just kind of oh, like nice. fit one day. So the once upon a time. Mm-hmm. Um, and that is like what the heart at the heart of what I do. So right now when I work with different companies, a lot of times we start with like who they are because even if they're a company that's been around for 10 years or a startup, like sometimes we have the same exact conversation. And it's like, what's the heart of your company? Like, why did you start this? Like, and, and I have a whole interview process to get down into like the the origin of it. Mm-hmm. And once I find out like the heart and soul of the company, then I can produce like a brand voice that aligns with it and their target market, their message, their core, like all of it has to like align. Mm-hmm. And then typically I produce a brand voice Bible for them. So that at every outlet, it's like one cohesive voice. So whether they're on social media, it's their website, it's an email, it's in store, like whatever it is, it all makes sense to the consumer. Um, So that's, that's pretty much what I start. And it always starts with a story. It's always like, what's your story? And then we start with like the about page. And then
0: like, we usually like build the voice out from there. Mm -hmm. So, you know, with the story, for example, it always starts um, with the story for you um I guess would you say that's where you find the human connection in order to do what you do
1: a hundred percent and that's actually how I say like if we're gonna like take your company and like personify it like who who is that like and basically I have to see a person to like start developing
0: it and so mm-hmm. yeah that's spot on I was going to say like I, I think every we all have a story to tell Right. So I guess it just it depends how you tell this story. Um, Yeah, it depends how you tell your story. But personally, I am really interested in people's stories. Um, Have you heard of Humans of New York? Yes. Wow. Amazing, Amazing, right? (laughs) (laughs) Absolutely amazing. Absolutely amazing. So whenever I meet people, I always want to know their story, and. Sometimes obviously I have to be careful because I don't want to and I don't want to push any boundaries, especially with their privacy, etc. There's certain things that people don't want to discuss. But I always find that as a human being, I can always connect with people because of their stories. There's always something that I can latch on to, literally, because of their story. Even strangers, for me, I love just speaking to random strangers because it's really easy for you to see the exterior and you don't know what's happening in the interior so often I'm seeing people you know at the gym on the street and they're going through or they have been through some real life stuff and when I hear their stories it motivates me to continue to live in my purpose and continue to live to literally just do everything I want to do using using all the skills and talents I have because it also makes me aware that not everyone is able to do that. But I wouldn't be able to have that mentality had I not known people's stories. Yeah, so with you in your storytelling, are you a person that likes to hear other people's stories? Yes.
1: yes I do love other people's stories however Mm -hmm. um I find it so interesting with um people like you who are hosts and like so outgoing all the time because I'm a split like extrovert and introvert that's me oh are you okay (laughs) (laughs) so you know when you're in like your introvert way like
0: it's very yeah okay (laughs) (laughs) I don't want to talk and people don't get it because especially if you've met me when I'm having an extroverted moment you expect me to be extroverted with you throughout my whole life and oh, nine, nine, seven nine nine seven times out of ten I don't want to be around people Mm -hmm. I don't want to speak to you but it's so funny because sometimes it really does depend especially you know with like human connections so when I go out I'll put my headphones in if I'm not driving I'll have my headphones in and that's the sign I don't want to speak to you I don't want to be spoken to and um but sometimes I don't know I just feel with my soul that that human looks interesting like that human has a story like and I see it through the eyes I love reading people I love feeling energy. And I'm like, there's something there, and I want to know more. So it's either that person will approach me, or, and more, you know what, nine times out of 10, like people will say, you know what, you're, you're kind of like a witch because people just open up with you. Like, Mel, honestly, people will just randomly start telling me their life stories. Just mm-hmm. randomly, Mel, randomly at the gym, in the shopping center.